are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Well, Ulysses, the Tampa Bay Rays lost last night by a score of three to two in front of like 7,000 fans again, unfortunately. But on the bright side, we were there. And like you say, Ulysses, Whenever you go to the trop, it's always a good time, win or lose. And it was fun last night. I don't, I don't even care about the game. I Look, they lost, whatever. You're going to lose 60 games a year as it is. So 50, 60 games a year as it is. It was just fun to go to the trop. And last night was really enjoyable. A hundred percent. And it was a good game too, which helps, yeah. you know, it wasn't a clunker by, by any, um, by any source. So uh, yeah, the Rays have now lost 49 games. They're going to lose 60 people. It's okay. It's okay. And, and they had been winning what 12 out of their last 13, nine in a row. Yeah. You know, you, you can <laughs> just keep winning sometimes. Now, having said that, I, I, I do think that, um, there are a couple of things that we can nitpick. And one thing I will never understand, by the way, congrats on Wander Franco extending that game, that, that on base streak. What a, what a, what a turnaround it has been for Wander, uh, since like the first, what, 20 games, he looked kind of lost, uh, on, at the plate, but then he has turned it on. So first He's of all, one of the best hitters him. in baseball right now. Yeah. And the fact, and not just extending the on base streak there, but the way he did it. A 95 fastball from Chris Sale above the zone. How you catch up to that and hit it the other way outside of the ballpark or over the fence is remarkable. We might have to have a conversation with Klosky as to, is it too soon to be talking about Wander in the same conversation as Acuna Jr., Tatis, Soto, Vladimir Guerrero? Is he a step below those guys? Or if he keeps this up the rest of the season and through the playoffs, he might He's got good things coming to him. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, and the, as you can notice, um, I, I did a, l- a little bit of yelling last night. Uh, I get, <laughs> yeah, I did. get a little bit of an edge when, <laughs> when I see Red Sox fans. Um, but no, I, I, if I want to nitpick something, it would have to be the, the contact play fiasco. I, I got to tell you, I hate the contact play. I, I like with a passion. Because, you know, I'm okay with with the contact play at certain points in, 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 in the game, especially when you don't have a lineup that you trust in. However, 2021 is not that year, is not that roster, is not that lineup. This is the best lineup this franchise has ever seen. I keep saying this almost like every episode. This is the best lineup the race have ever had. Right. You if 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 one guy does not get the job done, let's trust the other guy behind him to get that man in. Don't give them free outs. Do not give them free outs. I don't understand that mentality. And I know that anything can happen, right? Oh, well, it has to be a perfect play or anything like that. But 
you know, the, I just do not subscribe yeah. to the contact play. And and I'll go even a, a step further here. If you believe that anything can happen and the throw can go awry or the catcher doesn't make the tag or whatever it is, then anything can also happen in the next at bat too. Not only because the guy can get a hit, but there could be a wild pitch. There could be a passed ball and that guy's still at third. So if you believe that anything can happen with the contact play, anything can also happen if you let that next guy get his at bat with a guy on third. Yeah, it's tough. And I think, I wonder if they would have done differently if Chris Sale wasn't on the mound. Because I think that's part of a consideration too. Like how many more opportunities are we really going to get? And it is who who fielded those both those contact plays. I don't even remember. We were having conversations Devers? during the whole game. Devers, see, that's the thing. Devers on the left is, side of the of the of the infield. Devers is a liability for sure. I I would me speaking personally, I focused less on the contact play and more on the fact of Manny Margot in the outfield. Like that that set a bad tone right there. Right. And I yeah. think that could have been that that really was part of the difference maker. But again, things happen. And I honestly don't I'm trying to have a hot take or opinion on the contact play. I would love it if it was more of, OK, if you've got the fastest runner that you can possibly have at third, if it's Kevin Kiermeyer, then I think the contact play is more. They were fast guys. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Wendell and Wander Franco are above average sprinters for sure. Yeah. I just don't like it, especially two times. Like if it didn't work, if it, it's kind of like, if it didn't work the first time, you yeah. know, don't no need to, to go ahead and, and try your head at the second time. And again, like if you, if your mentality is anything can happen with the throw or the tag, then again, anything can happen in that at bat with the guy that's behind him. Yeah. It did seem like, the Red Sox were from the get go. They knew that thing was happening. That a contact play certainly could have been within the realm there. Um, I don't know how much more you want to dive deep into the game, but I have one more thing for you. I know crazy eyes. Pete has a a, a big following on, on anti-social media. And, and so this is going to get me in hot water possibly, but I'll say it anyway. I, 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 if it were up to me, I would, not put Fairbanks in a late inning situation, especially the ninth. I, I just, I, I wouldn't do it. Seventh, eighth. Okay. Sure. Ninth. You, you're, 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 you know, my hands are tied now. If you, if you have a meltdown, I understand the balls were on the ground. I understand that he's got swing and, and miss stuff. And he got the three outs with, with three strikeouts, but three hits too. Yeah. So I, I, again, Seventh, eighth inning option, okay. If I were putting that, if I had the manager's, you know, authority there, he would not be my ninth inning guy. So would you have rather reversed it and thrown Fairbanks out for the eighth and then Robertson giving him the ninth? Okay. Yes. I mean, this is, I mean, who has more experience in tight situations with raucous crowds and, and, and just, pure damn experience if you have waka for experience in the rotation then you have robertson there for experience as well i mean it it, it works both ways you can't tell me oh well you know robertson's got more experience than fairbanks 100 percent. he's got a damn ring um 
So yeah, I would have switched it. And again, I get it. The guy has just come over from Tokyo, uh, minor league assignment. I know first race debut. You don't want to put him in the fire, but I'm pretty sure he could have handled it. Yeah. I think he would have been okay in that situation. Look, I honestly am not in a bad mood after last night's loss because I didn't have to pay for parking last night. I arrived at <laughs> 729 and they didn't ticket me. And you know what I did with that $20 I saved? I went to the bar and spent it on a Michelob Ultra and I yes. tipped the bartender. So here's a public service announcement to all Rays fans out there. Arrive at 730. Arrive at 740. Arrive late. Don't give Stu the parking money. Give, I guess you're going to have to give Stu money one way or the other, but give some of that money to the bartenders, to the service people, to the guys okay. that are, the guys and gals that are in the trenches serving. I, the I love this. The food. That, that, that was my theory. And I, I kind of saved like a couple bucks in the end because my drink and the tip didn't equate to $20. So exactly. I, I feel like I came out ahead, even though I paid, uh, Let's check it here. $48.80 for an outfield seat. Uh, that's when you Unreal. added all the convenience fees and service fees. Like, yeah. that is so, so ridiculous. And I love how there's people out there, particularly in the media, that, oh, that's not, hey, this is Major League Baseball. This is, you should be able to afford that. Okay, it's different uh, for you to say when you have a press pass and you have mm -hmm. a parking pass, and the Rays are feeding you hot dogs and mustard and uh, ketchup packets and pretzels and, and all the drinks and, and desserts you want. Yeah. And I know there's nice pickles little, there. Damn it. Yeah. Nice little press box. So uh, we're a working class town. So yeah. uh, I do appreciate that the Rays have since made an effort to slash their prices a little bit. So look, I ended up spending quite a bit of money at the end of the day when you include the ticket and the beer and that, I, and I feel like I didn't even get anything too. Which well, is well, you know, Kevin, I, I, I want to, first of all, I hope that Stu and Stu's friends are not listening to the pod and say, Oh, yeah. seven 30, you say, <laughs> well, oh, I'm going to get you until 8 PM and, and I'm going to keep those uh, $20 parking passes until eight o'clock. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Might but second of all, out. yeah, uh, you know, I agree a hundred percent with you. Look, $48, we, we can do it. Like personally, I know that we both of us can do it. Uh, not all the time. Uh, but but we can do it. And the point is, we don't have kids, right? We don't have kids. So like, let's say a family of four, like a normal family, you're saying $200 yeah. just to get in, just to get in $200. That's, that's stupid. Yeah. That's, that's not okay. That's not okay. You know, I, I know that people online were saying, oh, the Yankees have $7 tickets or $10 tickets. And they were like, oh, well, that's a fourth deck. You know, well, guess what? We don't have a fourth deck. In fact, you have closed the third deck completely because you don't want to pay people to clean that up. So you have made it even smaller. Well, guess what? Then that should be it. The, the, our fourth deck or whatever that is, maybe it's in the outfield, should be this $10 tickets, should be the $12 yeah. tickets, should be the $7 tickets that you see at Yankee Stadium. You want to grow the game. You want people to get there. You got to do something. You can't, yeah. you can't expect a family of four to just get in there 200 bucks. Stupid. You know, I guess uh, maybe one way to work around this, and maybe this is the race theory, is that everybody moves down anyway. 
Nobody sits in their assigned seats. So maybe that's one thing. Okay. Yeah. I did pay this, you know, 40, 45 bucks for this outfield seat, but I'm moving to the first baseline. I'm moving as close as possible and trying to not get caught. And by the way, all this was negated because our buddy Ben Rosa in from LA spent buku bucks at Mm -hmm. the game. I think, look, if I think Ben Rosa single-handedly may have helped Wander Franco get an extension with the race or the Rays give an extension to Wander <laughs> Franco with the, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here and the amount of uh, money a Dolores that he dropped on, uh, on Rays baseball. Like they should be sending him thank you notes and letters and, and everything quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. They got a, a Jersey and a Jersey. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Look, you know what? The Rays actually had the gates closed. Like, I think until maybe an hour and a half, which is bogus. It was raining. It was pouring down the rain. So my feet were completely soaked as were other people's. I took a video and I posted it on anti-social media, Twitter. And, you know, once I got in there, I had puddles. I I had swamp on my shoes. So guess what? I had to buy me and my significant other some, some socks. They were very nice socks. They were $24 each. So 50 bucks for a pair of socks. Now I know why he didn't want to open the gates. Yeah. It's not any COVID regulation because if you're saying, Oh, well, we want to prevent people from spending too much time indoors. So then you want them to congregate in that little pagoda outside. That makes more sense. All, all of us like just trying to get away from the rain. It didn't make sense. So, so there you go. I gave him $50 for a couple of pair uh, of socks. And that doesn't even include the parking, right? Because you did have to pay for parking. Or I, I walked. Guess you didn't. I walked. There's a lot of people that did pay for parking and then had to sit in the rain. Yep. So people paid money to stand in the rain. <laughs> yeah. At did. the end of the day, yep. to get there early. Yes, totally ridiculous. Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, <sighs> very, very good stuff. And there are, look, if you're a Rays fan out there and you, I mean, we have gone to quite a few games this year, send us an invite. Hey, are you going to the game this day? And we might choose to go. I, I got yeah. a message from, uh, somebody on Instagram today. So uh, about, Hey, it's, it's cool that you guys are going to the game. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Just reach out to us and we'll, we'll buy our tickets and we'll saddle up next to you. We'll, we'll meet at the Budweiser porch. We'll find a way to, to make it work and go from there. Uh, Oh, we also got our tote bags or a little uh, flimsy. Uh, mine's still in the car, but uh, <laughs> hey, let, let, that did not make up for the 48 no. that I dropped. On no, it's okay. I'll I, I, I got, I got to put my rain jacket there and my, and my, and my muddled socks that were just, you know, not even, they should have handed those out rain. and you could have like put them over your head as you were standing in the rain. Here's your tote, <laughs> tote bag to, to cover you a little bit as a little, as an uh, umbrella. Basically, yeah, essentially, why not? there we go. Uh, this podcast yeah. is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, Ulysses, as we also like to say, in addition to going to games with listeners, we also love voice memos from listeners. And we have a great voice memo from longtime listener, Jesus Cologne, who was 
I mean, he's been on this train since the beginning, predicting that the Rays would win 97, 97 plus games. And uh, he has some thoughts for us. Here we go. What's going on, Kevin and Ulysses? This is Jesus, dedicated listener to the Locked On Rays podcast. And I had a quick question for you guys. Now we're in September. We're running down the season. We have a few games left until October and the playoffs, which we know that we're basically a lock to be in the playoffs. So I had a question. Since we have the number one ranked offense in the whole MLB, where do you think our pitching ranks? I know that we had a lot of pitchers that were injured in the beginning of the season, and some of them are coming back now for September and the playoffs. So where do you think our pitching ranks? Because if we have the best MLB, the best offense in the MLB, excuse me, and we have one of the best pitching staffs in the MLB as well, even though some of our uh, marquee pitchers are hurt, how, how much of a chance do you give us at win it at all this year compared to the chance we had last year? Even though, yes, last year we had Blake Snell, we had Charlie Morin, and we had Tyler Glass now healthy. But where do you think we rank this year pitching-wise compared to maybe last year? And if our offense keeps it up, being the top offense in the MLB, what are our chances of winning it all this year? Love the show, guys. First off, uh, great comment from Jesus. I think he was jogging or running there. He seemed out of breath at times, but still a great uh, commentary with that. Ulysses, what do you think about that? Well, uh, if we look at the numbers, uh, Fangraphs Mm -hmm. has um, fifth in F4 uh, in total war for 2021. They're at 16.6. They're only behind four other teams, uh, the White Sox, uh, Milwaukee, the Yankees, and the Dodgers. So that's pretty good company to have. Mm -hmm. Um, They're 10th in K per nine. That's pretty good. Uh, they're in walks per nine. They're 29th. That's a good, that's good people. 29th means that you're the second lowest. So that's, that's right. great news. 24th in home runs per nine. Again, that's good. Um, the one thing that does concern me is the left on base percentage. Uh, okay. I've, I've talked about this stat. I really, really like this stat left on base percentage. They're 12 in, in major league baseball at 73.3%. Left on base percentage for those who don't know, it's it, it's it's the percentage of the runners that you can keep without scoring. You li- you leave them literally on base. It's 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 very easy to follow. So if a pitcher has a 90% left left on base, which would be elite, that means that 90% of the runners that he has on base, he leaves them on base without scoring. The race at 73.3%, as I said, 12th place. I feel like that should be better. I feel like you you have to be yeah. a little bit elite more, uh, a little bit more in, in the elite uh, ranks if you want to be in October baseball for a long time, because every run matters in October. You can mm-hmm. see how the the Rays bats went cold last year. If it wasn't for Randy Rosarena, we do not see the Rays go to the World Series 100%. So having said that, every run is at a premium. And I know this is completely cliche, but it's also true. Some cliches are a cliche for a reason. It's because it's true. And runs at a premium in, in October is 100% that. So I would like to see that tick up a little bit, get strand more runners that get on base. Um, but going to the larger question of his, yeah. is this a team ha- have a better option than, than last year's team? Last year's team was 11 outs away from a game seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's as close as you're going to get to a World Series ring, essentially, right? Unless you're the 2011 Texas Rangers. So it, it really was very, very close. 
So I, I will flip it on Jesus. And, and, and you're my first victim with this question. Mm-hmm. And listeners, you, you can also answer this. Which A squad is better in October? 2020's Fairbanks, Castillo, and Anderson. Is that a better three-headed dog than McHugh, Kittrich, Robertson? That's, that's the question. Having said that, also input the fact that there are off days in 2021 and there weren't any in 2020. So that should also help the 2021 folks. So who has a a better three-headed dog, 2020 or 2021? I lean towards 2021. And the thing is, I wouldn't even just limit the A squad to those names. I think you could even add, there's so much interchangeability. You can throw in Chagua if you want. I mean, I would probably... Because we've seen Castillo had his issues in a Rays uniform for sure. And we haven't even Whistler, if he's added to the equation, Anderson, if he comes back. There are so many options and choices abound. I think the, you know, Jesus kind of hits on it. There's not that one, two, three punch, but I would say I'm really, really confident as we stand as of this recording in the sum of the parts being able to get it done. I think, and that's where the off days really take into account and really matter at the end of the day. If there were no off days, then I'd be concerned that you don't have a workhorse like Charlie Morton or Tyler Glass now in the rotation. But I theoretically could see the Rays, I mean, almost in a sense, you could call every game a bullpen day where we throw out Rasmussen for four, and then we're going to bring in Chaguas and then Conley, and then McHugh, and then Robertson, and then Fairbanks, and you can just mix and match, and now you've got Archer back, you've got Patino, Shane McClanahan is, I mean, those guys are really starting to roll. Like, I just think there's so many options that you can literally throw everything and see what sticks. While it's the, deeper. It, it, like, this could be the year where the whole idea of you have to have a true ace and you have to have a true number two and maybe a true number three to get by – the Rays may be able to flip that on its axis this year oh, yeah. if it all comes around. And you know what? I look, I I mean, it, it's got to be recency bias because as you alluded to, the Rays were what 11 outs from uh, game seven of yeah. the World Series. But the offense, I think, is so much more complete. Uh, the strikeout rate collectively is cut down. And that's really the big question. That was the big problem where you got. Too many Renfros in the lineup. You've got too many Yoshi Satsugos in the lineup. Like that was, you've got complete, really good hitters. No more Adamas. No more Adamas. He's, you, Wander Franco is going to swing the bat or he's not, he's going to know when to not swing the you, bat. You, and you, I think that's you, a huge, huge complexion changer. You touched uh, one of my biggest, uh, you know, uh, gripes with the 2020 uh, October run was the strikeout rate, and we, I think that's one of the biggest things that we we highlighted on our postmortem episode after the World Series. Um, and I think we did like a whole week's worth of postmortem. We did a big, yes. big autopsy on what it was the October run, especially the World Series, and and one of the things was that Renfro Adamas. Choi, uh, Meadows, Brandon Lau, those five guys had strikeout rates of over 30%. Mm-hmm. All of them, all of them 
That is un. I mean, you're if if you're ha- that's one out of three at bats almost essentially, yeah. and, and so you're taking four at bats. One of them is going to be a strikeout from all of those guys. It's 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 tough. It's tough. You you don't have that as much this year. And again, you you can only hope that you know Brandon Lau is not going to revert to early right. early uh, early season Brandon Lau. So th- that should that should help because he's one of the guys that's still there. Meadows, he does not look anything like 2020, and that is a good thing. Yes, that yeah. is a very good thing. So uh, you know, I think it's just a deeper team, and I like what you said about the three headed dog. You know that it, you lean towards 2021. I do too, because by the point by the time that the Rays got to the World Series in 2020, uh, Anderson wasn't the same anymore. Yeah, Anderson wasn't the same. So you you know Anderson the regular season, oh 100, percent but Anderson the postseason, he was like we all remember the fact that his arm was completely dislocated and they had to like reattach it with scotch tape. Stan yes. had to do this whole routine and then, Hey, go, go out there, pal, try to get us a couple outs. You know, he was done. So when yeah. you compare it, those 2020 to 2021, and by the way, I love that McHugh Robertson and Kittredge, those three guys, I think would be better in the postseason than the last uh, th- uh, three headed dog, but yeah. and having the knowledge that, Fairbanks and Anderson, two of those guys from 2020 are also in the bullpen. Yeah. They're also going to be in the bullpen. So it's just a deeper one for sure. There's, there's so many, so many options. And again, that helps where you've got several rookies in the rotation where you've got to be able to fill that void. And I think as of today, if you know, there's not a bunch of injuries that come about, at least you can kind of weather that storm of Shane, can you get us through four? That's yes. all we're asking. It'd be great if you can get to five, maybe five and two thirds, whatever you have to do. Like this is going to be, I mean, it's, it's almost going to be really exciting to watch how this all plays out and not to get into a huge comparison of last year's team to this year's team. But I find it hard to believe that even in the world series that this year's team, this year's offense, because I think that what the Rays may have taken a step back in team ERA, even a slight step back compared to last year, of course, without the big three, they've more than made up for with what they have in offense. Like I don't yes. see this offense in the playoffs and look, the playoffs are, can be a crapshoot as it is sometimes like it, a lot of luck can come into play there, but I don't see how this lineup as it's constructed has three games where they scored two runs, two runs and one run. Yeah, no, no, I think I'd, they find a way to do a little bit more than that at the end. Yeah. Of the day. And, and again, it's, especially it's with putting the ball in play. Yeah. yeah. Putting the ball in play is, is, is step number one in doing that. And they can definitely do that better than they did last year. It, they're, they're at, 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 I would say they're at a net positive. Yes. Even with the distractions from, from, from the pitching staff, I do believe that this bullpen is deeper and is better. And the lineup is definitely better. So I would give the edge to 2021 and hopefully that is the case. Cause if 2020, let's say just for argument's sake mm-hmm. is a worse team than 2021. And there were 11 outs away from a game seven. You should be pretty, uh, should be feeling pretty happy about yes. the chances for this 2021 team. And let's also not forget. I think the experience factor shouldn't be underplayed here. The fact that a lot of the guys on the roster mm-hmm. played in the World Series last year, or a lot of the guys on the roster 
have World Series experience. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have a David Robertson on your side right now. It's nice to have him with you. It's nice to see that Yandy Diaz and Joey Wendell and Brett Phillips and Randy Rosarina and Manny Margot and, and all the guys from last year. McClanahan. Yeah. It, yeah. They, they know second time around, usually yeah. you're more comfortable. You're more settled in. I will be curious to see how they lay out the defense, though. I, I wonder if you talk about left on base percentage and fielding independent pitching and all these metrics and pitching and defense, it comes down to that. Do you move Taylor Walls? to short come playoff time or do you leave wander as is or maybe if it's a late inning substitution deal you're moving them around a little bit i totally get what the rays are doing right now Taylor walls at second or third you don't want to don't mess with the guy who's got a 32 game on base streak it might be uh the best hitting shortstop in baseball the last you know 30 40 days like let let's not upset the apple cart and disturb his rhythm and routine by all right, we, we need to take ground balls at third. We know you haven't played here in, in a month and a half, but you know, Taylor Walls is a su- much more superior defender. That's a question I would think would be discussed and and fettered out in spring training of next year, but maybe playoffs if it's like you you real you know, if you're a pitching staff, you you want the best defenders on the field at the premium position, that could be a that might be a tougher question. Yeah. And besides, uh, not only to uh, upset Wanders on, on base and the mentality that goes into that, but also, uh, look, if Taylor Walls has been really good defensively and shortstop in, in the short time that he was w- with the Rays earlier in the season, I'm pretty sure he can handle second base just fine. And I'm yep. pretty sure he can handle third base just fine. So uh, I think it's just, I, I, again, a net positive having <laughs> uh, Taylor Walls either at second or third, uh, because I, I love Brendan Lau's uh, range and glove and arm, and I love Joey Wendell's reaction time and, and Yandi as well. But if I need to pick a goal, a, 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 a gold glove hopeful re- recipient for second or third base, I would put Taylor Walls above Brendan Lau and Joey Wendell and Yandi Diaz. It's pretty crazy to say. It's it's an accurate thing, but like people, everybody in the organization has basically said that Taylor Walls is the best defender we've ever seen at any level. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it's good to have that guy as, I mean, he's basically your 27th, 28th man right now. It's Pretty good cool. to have that in your back pocket. Uh, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Be sure to head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Also remember use the promo code locked on that's L O C K E D O N at bet online, your online sportsbook experts. If there's something I like to do is save time and money, Kevin. So that's why I use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? It doesn't make sense. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could ever need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you, me and Kevin sent you. So amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Very good. Uh, one last thing, uh, we are running late on time here. Do want to mention that I do have a conspiracy theory that with the Taylor Walls, Wander Franco shortstop debate, that in blowout games the rest of this year, you might see some Taylor Walls at short. And it's like, hey, why not throw? You know, if the yeah. on base streak is, if, you know, say Wander had already gotten his, if this thing continues, that might be a way to kind of work him in and work him around and get him comfortable at the other positions, maybe leading into the playoffs at some point. But uh, okay, looking at uh, tonight's game real quickly, it's, I guess it's Eduardo Rodriguez. Is he on the COVID IL list? I don't even know if they've changed or what's going on with that going up against oh, uh, Shane McClanahan, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. If he's pitching, I don't know the latest on that. Uh, he's 10 and seven with a five, one, two ERA with 150 strikeouts this year. McClanahan nine and four with a three, five, nine ERA and 117 strikeouts. The Rays are Dude. trying to uh, win the series, go three and one against the Red Sox at home. The Rays have such amazing rookie candidates that Shane yes. McClanahan doesn't even get talked about. I mean, and he might be the most valuable up. rookie for the Rays this year. <laughs> yeah. You can make yeah. a case for that since Glass now went down and since the All Star break. And, and the August, he he went on a run. I think a, a, a sub three ERA. Uh, he I think he collected four to five victories. I mean, he just was on fire in August, and, and you love seeing that. I think the Rays gave him a little bit of a longer leash in, in August, which was also nice to see. Six touching seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a guy that they that they have leaned on, and I think they're going to have to keep leaning on. It'll be nice to see what he can do with this Red Sox lineup. I know it's not the same Red Sox lineup that he has faced before due to the very long, long COVID list right now. But again, that should be an advantage for, yeah. for Shane to, to, to get through this lineup. I'm excited. I, I said before this series started that I would be happy with a split. Obviously, now that the split has been guaranteed, I want the series dubs. Um, so greedy! And I th- You're so greedy. Yeah, I'm so greedy. I know. I'm. 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 I'm like that Rays fan on anti-social media saying, "Oh, yeah. come on! They let in two runs in the first. This team sucks." It's like they lost a game. There's, uh, there's eight more innings, it's really buddy. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to say happy birthday to Jake Stokes. How about that? You got it. I want to say happy birthday. For the first time ever, Jake Stokes, not Jack Stokes. Who knows? He may have a cousin, uncle, brother, father named uh, Jack Stokes. But yeah, (laughs) happy B-Day to Jake. Hope you enjoy this episode. And look, Jake, if you want to come to a game with us, let us know. Or if you're going to a game, let us know. And we might be able to to hop in, uh, sneak in some way or the other. I will say this about Shane McClanahan. His numbers, and he's definitely exceeded my expectations for his rookie year and what he's been able to do and all the innings he's provided. He does give me a little bit of worry and hesitation when he starts to allow like even a single base runner. It seems like that really gets to him and throws him off edge where he either has trouble finding the strike zone or he leaves a hanging slider or it just sort of matriculates. And there's been times over the last couple of starts where it looked like the opposing team was going to score like four or five and Shane or like Kevin Kiermeyer making a uh, home run robbery play 
saves the day. But there's been some little bit of too close for comfort calls with me when he when there's traffic on the base pass. And that kind of worries me going into more of an intense heightened situation. We remember back, I mean, right when the season started, it was May, one of McClanahan's first starts where like he had a blow up at Kyle Snyder. So what if something similar happens or a defender misses a play that he should make when you're, you're in the heat of the ALCS or the ALDS or the World Series, what happens then? How is he going to be able to handle and control the moment? That worries me. Look, his stuff is great. I think the slider's kind of worn on me a little bit. I think the curveball's much better than the slider right now. He leaves it too much in the zone, but that, that's neither here nor there. It's He's a rookie, so and thing, yeah. that's those something concerns, that he's going to have to grow with. And those concerns are, I think, valid. I think August was a big step forward in his maturation process, and I hope September uh, keeps that pace because then by October, I don't think there will be any blow-ups whatsoever. Or, um, But, you know, I think that happens to really good pitchers too, because they're so, they're perfectionists. Tyler Glass right. now had the same mm-hmm. issue too. And, and he kind of like doesn't let go of the fact that no, a blooper got in and and then a double. And he's like, oh, I'm so upset about that blooper still that I'm not really paying attention to the guy yes. that's in front of me that could make, you know, like you haven't let a rent a run in yet. You can still <laughs> prevent it. It's okay. Not, you know, to, to be upset about the blooper, but let's, you know, make sure that the guy, uh, uh, you know, that's on deck, not even going to get uh, a chance to, to bat. But I think that happens to a lot of pitchers. They kind of, you know, but th- I think that's a maturation process. Yeah. I hope that August and September will, will be good for Shane to, to get away from that. And I do agree with you. I think the slider is, is re- it might be the best stuff that he has. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot because he has a 101 fastball. So yeah. that, that, that that's pretty impressive. But it, it, the slider is really good. But he, I don't think he has enough command of the strike zone with it. The curveball, I think he does. So right. it's, it, it's kind of it would be nice to see him use that curveball more as a setup for the slider than the other way around. Uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, pit, batters can really spit at the slider a lot of the time because it's not going to be on the zone as much as the curveball can be. Yeah. And BA has said before, really at the end of the day, you're supposed to use the slider as a chase pitch and not like, I'm going to throw this in the middle of the zone type of deal to get me a, a backward strike or whatever it may be. Uh, also very last thing you put this out or mentioned it on Twitter and I've got to bring it up, man. There is so much disrespect out there for Brandon Lau. Holy hell. Unreal. This is not the first time there's been a Brandon Lau snafu in a misidentification no. of who was that Josh Lowe that they have on the yeah. graphic of WRC plus leader since June 11th <laughs> on MLB network. No less. You know, I get it from ESPN or Fox sports or whatever, but MLB network, you can't get that right. Like you have one job to do. You have one job. It's baseball. Do that. Right. Okay. But this is the thing though. Like, who is whose job is it to do that graphic? I want to know. Is, McGee. It a, is is if it's intern McGee, well then nepotism needs to stop at MLB yeah. Network because obviously you know that's not the intern McGee that you need to have that job. Second of all, bad on you if intern McGee is in charge of that because this is going on air. So you should yeah. have at least intern McGee's boss should look at this. So intern McGee's boss messed up here. And it's not a first thing, a second thing. Ian Snell instead of Blake Snell. 
Patrick yes. Fairbanks instead of Pete Fairbanks. Uh, uh, saying Joe Buck saying Brandon Lowe instead of Lau. Yes. I, I mean, it's multiple times. It's putting Ryan Thompson's picture instead of Brandon Lau. I know. It seems to always be Brandon Lau. Is he just like that nondescript, like typical white baseball player? Like, let's <laughs> I don't get it. A- a name i don't understand I, so goofy. do your job i'm I, I again like this is like you said it, it's mlb like you should be doing your job and 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 just to close out because i know it's been a long episode but yeah um wouldn't it be more difficult to find a josh Lowe picture than a brendan Lau yeah. picture? how did they come up with that they must have had to be like doing a prospect thing some guy on a tight deadline he sees Lau. There, there's so many there were at 1.3 low Lau's in the Rays even organization if you, but but, i'm saying even if you put on Google race and then L O W E, how is Josh the first thing that pops up and not branded? That's impossible. I do not very believe odd. that. Maybe it's a, in like a AI. They've got some sort of algorithm that needs fixing. Maybe that's part of it. It's I a mess hate up everything sometimes. But yeah, that's, uh, I'm guessing, oh, guarantee it come playoff time, there's going to be another Ian Snell debacle, Ryan Thompson. Yep. Uh, definitely a Joe Buck. Is it on Fox Sports this year? The, the World Series? I Probably, guess yeah. Year, right? So yeah. a lot of that coming. Oh, oh my gosh. That was, uh, I, I was honestly, I, completely frank here. I didn't know who this was. This picture was. I didn't know this was Josh Lau because Josh Lowe. Oh my gosh. Now I'm doing it. See? I'm turning into that guy. <laughs> okay. Maybe I do side with MLB Network, but like, I don't even really know like what his headshot looks like. So I was like, unreal that Justin Ruggiano or something like that's what I was thinking before Josh Lowe. Like Uh, he hasn't been called up yet. I know he, he has never actually worn the TB hat because in spring training, they don't even have the TB hat. It's the sunburst. So he Uh, has never, unless it's like official photograph day, but that's it. It's, it's so, it's so frustrating. Yeah, it really is. It really is. All right. I know we've been going long. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with Evan Klosky. I'm sure we'll have a lot to discuss with him. I'm sure he's in a really good mood, too, because football season is back. Uh, we might have to talk about our fantasy teams at some point. That uh, fantasy draft we had. Locked on race fantasy draft. A lot of excitement there. Uh, okay. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Race podcast. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked On Bets and Locked On MLB podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.